one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay brother we're living in a time when the grace of god's just as sufficient as it ever was and so you don't owe me nothing but you owe jesus everything visitors we're delighted to have you tonight have your bible turn to the book of hebrews one of the most unusual messages I believe the Lord's ever given me. I share with you tonight. The book of Hebrews is the book of better things. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 1, and when I say the Bible, I mean God said it, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past, in time past under the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word. That's it. You know why America's gone apart? She lost her book. She gave up her book. She doesn't have anything to hold her together. There ain't nothing to hold America together. Sin won't hold together. Sodomites and denominationalism and religion, it'll never hold America together. Upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself. I wish you could get that in your heart tonight. You know what that means to me? It means that you don't have to go through Rome. You don't have to go through the Catholic Church. You don't have to go through the Baptist Church. You don't have to go through the baptistry. You don't have to go through the wilderness of good works by himself. Heard thy sin, sat down. I mean, when Jesus got through dying on the cross and ran off to hell and got the keys, he went to heaven and sat down because it's over. Brother, if he hadn't got it finished, he never would have sat down. We've got a finished salvation. Get a hold of it and let it get a hold of you. When he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now then, there's another word. Being made so much better, and let me back up a minute. When he by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better. Now there's your word, and that's you so many times. And we'll come to it again. Better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now then, I want you to skip with me, please, to the seventh chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're going to visit that so-called by many mysterious man of the scriptures 
And I certainly will commit my conviction to you for your consideration tonight. For this Melchizedek, oh, somebody said, who could that be? King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Oh, brother, what a verse. What a tremendous verse. Melchizedek, verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoil. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren. Though they come out of the loins of Abraham, but he whose descent is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the multitude of, or the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. 
For he testified, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the Lord made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God, and in as much as not without an oath he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he's able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Let's stand together for prayer. I want you to be real quiet tonight while I preach. I hope you'll be real still. Keep the noise off of the radio and let me preach. Our Father, we pray for the message to ring clear and plain tonight as we think about the high priest, the Lord Jesus. Dear Lord, it would be a very serious thing and a very tragic thing if the preacher that preaches tonight were to mislead or misinterpret, or miss the truth. But I pray that the Holy Spirit might guide my heart, anoint my tongue, and open up hearts to receive the truth. And Lord, I'm going to praise you right now for a glorious time. I pray that you'll help me to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody, go away talking about him, thinking about him, loving him, and serving him. In Jesus' name, amen. I've read to you a rather lengthy passage, 28 verses in the seventh chapter of the book of Hebrews. I have given the greatest picture in the Bible of the high priest. I believe that Jesus is the sinless high priest. There is none other that can forgive sin and there's none other that can help forgive sin. When he by himself purged our sin, that means baby christening 
is a lie. You can't make a baby a Christian. No way. They just call it that. And a baby comes up under false hope when the mother said, why had you christened? There's no way to christen a baby. Number two, there's no way for anybody to get saved through the religion of their mother or dad. There never has been a mother, including the Virgin Mary, that could save or help save her child. Jesus does all the so. Oh, tonight, there is a real spiritual salvation side to this message that you must get and never forget. You'd say, but I'm a Lutheran. I don't care what you are. If you've not been to the high priest, and dear friend, I believe that the high priest that it takes to save a sinner is characterized and pictured right here. Number one, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heaven. Show me one like that, I'll beat a trail to his door. I'll kneel at his feet, I'll confess my sin, I'll put my trust, my faith, my hope. The only one like that is Jesus. Not some cigar, cigarette smoking, wine drinking, a priest with his collar turned backward, or, or some Episcopalian rector, or even Baptist preacher, or anybody else. Show me a priest like that, and I'll be glad to go with you to get my sins forgiven. If you're wrong about the high priest, you're wrong about your road to heaven. Now, I do not mean to contradict, and I won't. I'm a priest. But so is every believer. I believe in the universal priesthood of belief. i tell you something else. I'm a saint, but I'm not a dead saint. I'm a living saint. You say, how'd you get that away? Through going to the high priest. I went to the high priest, a sinner. I came out a saint. Oh, what a blessing to understand and believe this wonderful plan of salvation. Now then, let's visit Melchizedek. I have no doubt, I have no doubt as to who he was. There are seven divine attributes that are pictured in this chapter about Melchizedek. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of peace. He has no father. He has no mother. Neither beginning of days, no end of life, made like under the Son of God, and abideth a priest forever. Seven divine attributes that don't fit me and don't fit the Pope and don't fit the Catholic priest down at the cathedral or any other preacher in this country. You say, who do you think Melchizedek was? I don't have to think it was Jesus. There's nobody else that had ever fit that picture. It had to be Jesus. Now then I'm leading up to the message that God gave me this week and what a blessing. God said one day, when that bunch of Sodomites got so deep in sin, and here come that bunch of wicked kings over there to get them. 
Boy, they came and invaded Sodom. Boy, they picked up old Lot and Ms. Lot and all the little lots, and they picked up a whole flock of them, and they, they, they raped and ravaged and picked up everything they wanted and carried off the loot and took off. And God sent a messenger up to that old man called Abraham. I mean the man of faith and the friend of God, a man that lived by faith, believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. Him, somebody come running up there. Hey, Mr. Abraham, Mr. Abraham. He said, what's the matter, son? Well, he said, uh, Lot's been captured and Sodom and Gomorrah, they've been captured and the people have been stolen. They've gone and said, your, your, your nephew, old Lot, he's gone. And Miss Lot and all your children, I mean, your nephews and nieces, and they're gone. Abraham could have said, I'm a man of faith. I'll just pray for him. Dear Lord, if it be thy will, rescue my poor Lot. I don't help him. You know, Lord, I live by faith. I'm not a fighter. Huh? i tell you what he did. Boy, he run out there in the backyard and hit that old bell. Bing-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Boy, they run from everywhere. They come and said, man, there's something going on. Boy, they, all them served. 316 of them have come running in there and said, yes, sir. Said, what's the matter? Said, man, get you a whole handle, get a stick, get, get a club, get anything. We got to go fight. Got to what? Oh, we got to go fight. Man, the war's on. You don't mean it. Oh, yeah, we go. Listen, my kinfolks are in trouble. Now, listen, get something in your hand. Let's go. Boom, boom, boom. Boy, they going. You talk about a marching bunch of hillbillies. There they go. They never had any training. Let me tell you something. You don't need a lot of training if you live by faith. I guarantee you, God will load you with the right thing if you live by faith. Get in the Word of God. And so they went down there, and Abraham said, Now, fellas, we've got to rescue him. And uh, they, he didn't say, Now, let's squirt a little cologne on the king. Uh-uh. He said, Now, fellas, when you go in there, hit to kill. I mean, hit to kill. I mean, when you, listen, when you come up on the king, knock his silly head plumb off his shoulder. You say, I don't believe that. Well, now, wait a minute. You don't believe the Bible. And so Abraham and his men went in there, and you talk about wham, wham, and they knocked those kings and killed them, those kings. Now then, you think he was in a backslidden condition? You think the Lord said, well, Abraham, I, I don't understand why you've got shed blood like that. You want to, oh, no. Let me tell you something, buddy. Read that first verse. Come on. Chapter 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who made Abraham returning from the what? Uh-huh. Now you sissies and wet noodles, wake up a minute. You say, wait a minute, brother, Lord, what are you talking about? I'm just simply talking about Jesus. He, I, he was Melchizedek. Jesus was up yonder looking over the rim of glory. And he said, look at that, Abraham. My I talk about brave. Listen, why he killed those kings? He slaughtered them. The Bible said he slaughtered them. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said to the Father, I'm going to go down there and meet him. I'm, I got a blessing for him. Anybody can fight like that and protect innocent women and children and even old Lot. I'm going to go down there and, and Melchizedek met him. Came down there and met him and what? Blessed him. I wish the Baptist preachers and assembly of God and the little Pentecostal fellows and all, the, I wish they'd read that and know what it means. The average preacher has never had one foot in one leg of fighting breeches. Never. They don't believe in it. Only they talk about ministering to the people. There comes a time when you got to slaughter them. 
And you'd say, well, Jesus is not. That's not the way he'd do it. I tell you what he did do. With blood hanging off of us and with blood running off of the hands of and with blood filling the sandals of Abraham, Jesus came down and said, Abraham, God bless you. I just want to let you know I'm for you. You've been down there and you've fought a good fight. Now I want to let you know. And you know when the old kings came up, now watch it. When, they, when, the, when the Sodom came up and said, hey, Mr. Abraham, we're eternally grateful. There's no telling, I mean, there's no way for us to express, but uh, state your price. Come on, state your price. Now, this is your danger place right here. State your price. Man, listen, all you and your brave men, I mean, 316 of you, you literally whipped out that whole bunch that came and got us. Now then, we're ready with the checkbook. And Abraham looked because he's a man of faith and said, I wouldn't take. And he looked down and saw his old shoe, maybe a shoestring busted. He wired it up with a piece of bailing wire if he could find one. He said, you couldn't give me a shoestring for that. I wouldn't want none of Sodom's strings on my shoe. You couldn't give me a thread to patch my torn breeches or shirt. I want nothing you've got. Not a thing you've got. That old man, bless his old sweet memory, the man of faith with his men, walked back up yonder to their place of worship and no doubt had a great thanksgiving meeting and praised God for the victory. I don't know, sometimes I've thought the devil came. Abraham, you realize how embarrassed those nations are you realize that you have no protection. You realize that one of these nights, maybe at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, you'll be surrounded. They'll come and get even with you. They've never been so embarrassed in the history of their nation. Abraham said, Lord, what about that? He said, I'm thy exceeding shield and great reward. The devil said, Abraham, why didn't you pick up some of that sodomite money? Why didn't you get some gamar money? Why didn't you get some of that? They got plenty of it down there. Man, look what all you got back. Why didn't you get it? And God said, I pay my children. You don't get money from the devil. Brother, if God doesn't do it, we don't need to try it. And I still believe that the success in this church depends on what happens on the inside instead of the opposition from the outside. There's not anybody on the outside that can stop us if we've got a pure, clean, dedicated inside. So I trust and challenge my people tonight to let Melchizedek come. And if God sends us out to another slaughter, let's go. We're fighting an enemy the devil himself. And we're children of the king. We're not beggars. And we're to look like children of the king. We're to dress like children of the king. We're not to dress like the world. It was a sad day when Paris, France, and Hollywood began to set the standards for the women. Shoes, dresses, blouses, clothes, and all the rest of it. Oh, may the Lord Give us 
to get our standard, not from the state, but from this blessed old black book. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds, of silver or gold, his coffers are full. He has riches untold, and I'm a child of the king, a child of the king. With Jesus, my Savior, I'm a child of the king. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. You may listen to the preaching and the special music of the Family Altar Program 24 hours a day when you visit our ministry website, Roloff.org. We love hearing from our listeners. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please write to us at Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. Again, that's Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, P.O. Box 100, Fort Thomas, Arizona, 85536. This broadcast is made possible by the prayers and financial support of listeners like you. Thank you for partnering with us, and remember that Christ is the answer.